T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Tea nourishes and inspires. It is an ancient plant-based medicine that simultaneously heals and energizes the body as it soothes the mind. Making fine tea is a blend of artistry and craftsmanship. The $200 billion tea trade is fundamentally local, yet exerts global influence, employing millions to enhance the well-being of all. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. The Lunar New Year will boost consumption and tea travel. Nepal recovers from a foreign currency crisis, and Pakistan's legal and smuggled tea imports are spiking. Plus, after two years of crisis management, tea professionals were eager to return to work, reviving tea trade shows with vigor. But attracting large crowds of tea enthusiasts to the smaller venues common to citywide tea festivals took longer. In 2023, tea festival goers remained timid. Audience counts did not immediately return to pre-pandemic highs. Locally based exhibitors, their reserves exhausted, operated with tight marketing budgets. The Toronto Tea Festival that concluded Sunday marks a turning point in 2024 as the crowd surged from a low of 2,600 in February 2020 to 4,000 attendees, a 25% increase from previous highs. Joining us today to discuss the changing dynamics is Tao Wu, co-founder of Tao Tea Leaf and one of the festival's key organizers. But first, let's listen to the excitement on the floor at the weekend event. More in a minute. But first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia Tea Estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. The new year will bring renewed vigor to China's tea economy as travel experts predict strong sales during the extra-long holiday. Quote, A year after COVID-19 restrictions were lifted in China, the eight-day Chinese New Year holiday is expected to see a major surge in travel and consumption as people head home for family reunions or set off for a week of travel and tourism, writes China Briefing. Last year, Chinese border control agencies recorded 5.2 million inbound and outbound transits, a 4.7-fold increase approaching pre-pandemic totals. The Ministry of Culture and Tourism reported 135 million domestic trips. This is roughly in line with the figures seen during the holiday in 2019, according to the administration. East Asian cultures celebrating the holiday include Koreans, Vietnamese, Tibetans, and Chinese. The Chinese New Year falls on Saturday, February 10th, beginning the Year of the Dragon, the Wood Dragon. The 2024 Spring Festival Holiday Travel Forecast Report 
jointly compiled by Badoo Maps and the Highway Science Research Institute of the Ministry of Transport in China, forecasts that travel volume over the 2024 holiday will exceed last year by more than 40%, with the busiest day of travel being on the last day of the holiday, February 17th, as everyone returns home. Departures are more staggered. According to the forecast, quote, one of the major trends noted in recent years is the mixing of tourism and New Year celebrations, where families choose to get together in a new destination rather than in their hometown. Some of the most popular domestic destinations for this type of travel include Yunnan, Guangdong, Fujian, Beijing, and Harbin for winter getaways. For international travel, Southeast Asia remains the most popular destination. Search data from Baidu shows that families and children account for as much as 42% of the holiday tourism cohort. Whereas short-haul travel became popular during the pandemic, longer-distance travel is now back in vogue. Data from online travel agency Trip.com indicates that travel within the same province or two peripheral provinces will account for just 25% of overall travel during the 2024 holiday, while interprovincial long-distance travel will account for as much as 75%. Tea vendors welcome the holiday as it draws large crowds to tea-producing regions and encourages gifting of teas and an increase in out-of-home consumption at restaurants. Nepal has achieved a record high of 13.3 billion in foreign currency reserves in December, reversing a two-year crisis. According to Nepal Rastra Bank's report, the current macroeconomic and financial situation of Nepal reserves, quote, soared 13.6% in the past five months of the current fiscal year. Remittance inflows are cited for adding $1.6 billion through December. In 2022, Nepal was forced to limit imports of non-essential goods as foreign emergency reserves dipped. The cause was declining tourism and unusually low remittances from migrants who sent home part of their earnings, one of the largest sources of foreign income for many developing countries. Globally, remittances to low- and middle-income countries grew 5% in 2022 to $626 billion out of the total $706 billion worldwide. Nepal received about $9.29 billion in remittances in 2022. According to the NRB records, remittance inflows increased 28% to 613 billion rupees during the review period, compared to a 23% increase in the previous year. In U.S. dollars, inflows increased 25% to $4.6 billion in the review period, compared to 13% in the review period last year. The tea industry, the largest foreign exchange earner after cardamom, is facing a crisis at a time when the National Tea and Coffee Development Board has set a target of doubling foreign currency in the current fiscal year. The newspaper My Republica reports that Central Vice President of the All-Nepal Trade Union, Bhopal Sapokat, 
blames the NTCDB for not effectively solving the problems of tea industrialists, businessmen, farmers, and workers. These include labor concerns, lack of irrigation systems, poor road infrastructure, and erratic distribution of electrical power and water supply. Tea Board Executive Director Vishnu Prashad Bhattai pledged to play an effective role in solving the existing problems in the tea sector and said he would properly address all of the problems raised by the stakeholders. Nepal earned 380 billion rupees, about 28.6 million in U.S. foreign exchange dollars from tea exports in the last fiscal year. India, China, Sri Lanka, Russia, and the Netherlands are the main export markets. There are 20,000 hectares of tea plantations in Nepal, mainly in Koshi province, with 38 CTC processing facilities. There are, in addition, 30 orthodox tea factories. Total employment is 70,000. Nepal has set an ambitious target to transition from a World Bank-designated lower-income country to a status as middle-income country by 2030. Pakistan has emerged from deep financial difficulties, thirsty for tea. According to the Pakistan Bureau of Statistics, tea imports surged 5.5% to $336 million during the first six months of the current fiscal year. That's July through December 2023. The increase is due in part to the reversal of trade deficits that crippled the country's economy in 2022 and 2023. Import volume grew by 9.1% to 138,750,000 metric tons in the current fiscal year, compared to 128,000 metric tons during the same period in fiscal 2022. Exports are up 5% to $15 billion overall in U.S. dollars, but imports decreased by 16% to $26 billion U.S. dollars down from $31 billion during the same period last year. The nation's deficit from July to December declined to $11 billion, down by 34% during the fiscal year's first half. Scarcity and a spike in prices led to a high incidence of tea smuggling with the Afghan transit trade, which is estimated to have increased by 159% during the past fiscal years. According to The Nation, Kenyan tea exports to Afghanistan totaled $75 million last year, up from $29 million in fiscal 2021-22. The newspaper reported, quote, Afghan authorities expressed shock over the 159% increase in the import of black tea. Afghans prefer green tea, according to an unnamed source, who claimed Pakistani importers prefer to trade with Afghan traders instead of buying directly from Kenya. Quote, The duty-free black tea is then smuggled back into Pakistan, which has caused loss to the national exchequer, the source argued. Next, Arvinda and Intheraman was in Guatiasam for the Batik Bicentenary Conference. She reports on the event in this week's Tea Indian News.
in the Athene News for the week ending 2nd February 2024, ahead of the Intergovernmental Group on Teams meeting in Guwahati, Assam, the Tea Research Association hosted a two-day bicentenary Assam Tea International Conference. As part of the bicentennial celebrations of the Assam Tea Industry, it took place on the 29th and 30th of January at the Radisson Blue Guwahati and saw close to 400 people from the industry, including guests from the global tea industry in attendance. While it was an event that brought people from the tea trade under one roof, there were also a series of discussions on the current preoccupations in tea, including regenerative agriculture, marketing in tea, the small tea segment, and new technologies and innovation. Keynote speakers were James Green and the Pandan Tea House, Shanghai, and Nitin Soluja of Chayos. In other news, 46-year-old tea farmer Madhulia Gogol passed away suddenly on 31st January 2024 after suffering a cerebral stroke. Madhulia was a pioneer in the artisanal tea sector in the Sambalane Assam Tea House, a direct-to-market brand of craft tea, whose teas uh, have earned rave reviews across the world. And Madhulia's contribution to Assam is significant with relentless pursuit of organic specialty tea making. Madhulia survived by his mother and two young children. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Nish. I grew up in an organic tea farm and founded Nepal Tea Collective in 2016. Tea is not just a beverage for me, but a catalyst for social change, sustainably empowering hardworking artisans like my parents for the past 30 years. I'm on a mission to make the whole world aware of the goodness of Nepali teas and the good that comes from supporting growers in this remarkable land. If you haven't tasted Nepali teas yet, you're missing out. Our award-winning teas are making headlines. Find out why. Visit Nepal Tea Collective's website to get a free sample of this extraordinary taste of the Himalayas. That's nepalteacollective.com. Or just send me an email at nish. N-I-S-H at NepalTeaCollective.com Cheers. After two years of crisis management, tea professionals were eager to return to work, reviving tea trade shows with vigor. But attracting large crowds of tea enthusiasts to the smaller venues common to citywide tea festivals took longer. In 2023, tea festival goers remained timid. Audience counts did not immediately return to pre-pandemic highs. Locally-based exhibitors, their reserves exhausted, operated with tight marketing budgets. The Toronto Tea Festival that concluded Sunday marks a turning point in 2024 as the crowd surged from a low of 2,600 in February 2020 to 4,000 attendees a 25% increase from previous highs. Joining us today to discuss the changing dynamics is Tao Wu, co-founder of Tao Tea Leaf and one of the festival's key organizers. But first, let's listen to the excitement on the floor at the weekend event. I'm with director Annabelle Calmer on the floor at the Toronto Tea Festival Tell me a little about your tea rebellion. We source directly from six tea farms. We have these partnerships. We had them since we launched. And the idea is to treat tea a lot like wine, essentially. So we source a finished product 
tell the story of e-packages and co-branded with the farms. That's what makes us distinct. Tell me about who's coming to the show, uh, what people have shown an interest in your, uh, in your teas. Uh, it's got the most lovely tea-loving customers, I must say. The crowd is fantastic. You get uh, from this person walking to your stand and says, which kind of poor are you tasting? To someone who says, tell me about your brand. Uh, what, what makes you different? What is, your, what is your favorite tea? So you get a whole range of customers with a whole range of different appreciation and interest in tea. And it's actually really exciting talking to people. I'm on the floor with four-time Tea Tasters Box winner, Chin Tea. My name is Franco. Yeah, I come from the Yunnan province. Our uh, last name is Lee. My family mountain is Shijambana. So I bring the very traditional the priority team to Right. Yeah. Uh, I noticed you won a prize. Tell me about your prize too. Actually, the, this year, the first place for Mentality, the tea cake is $95. Right. Yeah. And uh, tell me about that too. Yeah. They actually we have the raw tea and the fermented tea. We also have the rose scented black tea. Yes, we have the Yunnan traditional black tea. Right. Yeah. Tell me about who is inquiring about the tea. Are they young people, older? Uh, the people who are curious. The in our in our studio. Yeah. We are here. Here there is actually from the maybe twenty years old. Two sixty years old, yeah. Do they know the tea, or, or are they just uh, curious about the tea? No, both. Mostly they know it, or mostly they're curious. Uh, most uh, they're curious. Yeah. When uh, people ask you about where, what is the common question? Common question is the what the what is the raw and the, the fermented. What kinds are different? Uh -huh. Yeah. So the actually fermented is the. The more than 90% is fermented. Raw is just raw leaves. Yeah. Thank you for this. Thank you. I'm on the floor at the Toronto Tea Festival with G. Daniel Baki, co-founder of Raika Japanese Tea. Yes, with Jean Daniel from Raika Tea. Tell me how it's going. Listen, I'm quite impressed here with, uh, with this festival with so many people, enthusiastic people. All uh, from all age, young and and older people. So I'm terribly uh, impressed uh, by the people uh, loving the tea so much, and it makes me very happy. Tell me a little about your company. Oh, the initial plan was that I was retired from a pharmaceutical company, but I was looking for the best, uh, as always, when you love something. I stopped drinking coffee and I start with green tea. And then I moved to Japanese green tea. So one day I said to my wife, let's go to Japan. And she said to me, to do what? And I said to, to search for my green tea. She said to me, you're crazy. And I said, no, I just want my green tea. We went to Japan. We drove uh, 2,500 kilometers in the search of the best producer, organic producer. And we found the best, three producers. And then I decided to share this with uh, other people. Thank you so much for talking to us here on the T-Biz Podcast. Thank you. I'm on the floor with Clay Teamaker, Secret Tea Time. Hi, my name's Helen of Secret Tea Time. I've been at the Tea Festival since 2013. And what I've seen over the past years is 
a growing enthusiasm about tea. Uh, being a Japanese tea practitioner, I remember about 10 years ago, people didn't really know much about matcha or Japanese teas. And now people would know what a chawan is for and what's a shibori dashi. And it is a delight to, to, to communicate with people that are so passionate about tea. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today here at the Toronto Tea Festival. Lavenda Del Vita is team leader at Robert Wilson's Salon Teas. Thank you, Lavenda, for joining us on the Tea Biz podcast. Okay, uh, thank you for inviting me here first. And it's been a wonderful day. I mean, this is my second day at the festival. Uh, we've had a fairly large crowd of people coming in last yesterday. Most of the people are in intrigued by Ceylon Teas. My booth, fortunately, is next to the Ceylon Tea Board, Sri Lanka Tea Board booth. So they all see, I mean, a lot of people who come here, they have heard about Ceylon Tea, but they, have, they don't know what Ceylon Tea actually means. So they're uh -huh. like asking, oh, what is Ceylon tea? What is it a brand? I said, no, Ceylon tea is tea from Sri Lanka. So any tea that, that says Ceylon tea ideally should be from Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka was called Ceylon, actually. Tao Wu and his sister Ming Zhu Gao, an accountant, co-founded Tao Tea Leaf 14 years ago, opening their first of three tea shops on Young Street in downtown Toronto. The Mississauga store and the Square One shopping center open next. The latest shop opened in May 2022 at Union Station on the concourse directly under the Great Hall. The company directly sources traditional handmade teas from growers and hand-blended teas and botanicals. There are 180 unique selections, of which 53 are certified organic. Tao and Mingzhu were raised in the Wuyi Mountains in China's northwestern Fujian province, where their parents run a tea garden, and their brother has a tea shop and exports tea. Tao received a certificate as a tea sommelier from George Brown College during the program's early years. His sister is also a certified sommelier who graduated from Carleton University. In 2013, Tao was one of the original organizers of the Toronto Tea Festival, which recently celebrated its 10th edition. The testimonials were spontaneous and sincere, Tao. Congratulations on a successful show. First of all, I would like to thank you for coming visit us in person. And uh, this year, it's our 10th year uh, Toronto Tea Festival. And the festival was great, with very success, with about 4,000 uh, attendees. Will you share some insights from this year's show? What innovations were apparent, and who benefited most from the show? What I personally I noticed when I look at the audience come to the show, there are lots of young uh, visitors this year. And they are really interesting to uh, ask the vendor and uh, attend the workshop and tea ceremony. So that's a very good sign. We saw lots of young, uh, we saw the young generation are more interested in the tea. Uh, and for us this year, because it's a 10th year, and we are trying to uh, bring more like a tea focus uh, uh, topic to the show. And also, as you can see, the vendor this year, it's mainly a tea related uh, vendor. Um, for us, we still want to make the festival, it's really like a tea focused uh, tea festival. I noticed there were vendors from China, Sri Lanka, and Africa. 
there appeared to be a broad cross-section of tea suppliers from around the world. Will you talk about that? That's something you've been attempting to do with these shows. Yes, that's a very good uh, point you mentioned that because we do see, let's say, the Sri Lanka uh, tea uh, board was there. And also we saw like uh, there's a company bringing uh, uh, hibiscus from Nigeria, if I remember right. And also all these kind of like tea origin, they trying to come to the festival to promote their um, uh, like uh, local tea products and also local tea culture, like for example, China, Japan, and uh, even this, uh, we have a Korean tea uh, company with us for a few years now. Several vendors told me they had been exhibiting for all 10 years. Yes, we do have a, a few vendors like with us from the first year and uh, uh uh, we thank you for them, uh, support us, stay with us from the beginning. Uh, it really uh, 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 means a lot to us. Tell me about the young people you mentioned. How young are they? I think from, this is just a personal uh, uh, opinion, because from the age, from the, their face, I believe it's anywhere from, let's say, 20 to 30, we saw more those uh, uh, young face uh, uh, at the uh, festival. Yeah, and I saw uh, even teenagers uh, were on the floor and that they were conversing uh, very eloquently about tea. It apparently is catching on with uh, the very young as well as uh, millennials have been demonstrated to be a strong tea-loving group. But it appears now that Generation Z is also uh, interested in uh, in teas. Yes, yes, uh, definitely. Because, I mean... Uh, that's why we want to host this uh, uh, event because uh, the original idea for the Toronto Tea Festival, we just want to create a big event to promote the tea culture and the tea products to the, uh, uh, the tea lovers. For some people who are new to tea, or for some tea lovers who, who never get a chance to experience so many different uh, uh, tea type of tea, they can come visit us and taste all different type of tea and uh, can talk to the tea vendor, also talk to the tea expert, like, uh, for example, Kevin from Camino Sinensis from Montreal. And also, we have a, a tea vendor, let's say local uh, tea vendor, Momo Tea, they specialize in uh, uh, Japanese tea, and also uh, have a, all these tea vendor come to us, they have their kind of like bring their specialty tea to the festival for the tea lover to try. Will you tell listeners what happens next? So what happened next? So we're actually thinking, but uh, that's not sure yet, but we are thinking to uh, move the festival to a bigger venue, but uh, we have to really think about is the venue, right type of venue. One, we want to have a nice venue. Two, we also have to consider the... Uh, the cost for the venue because most of the tea vendor come to this uh, festival. This is a consumer show. It's not like a trade show. So uh, they probably don't have a very big budget for this type of a show. But uh, we want to try to control that cost for the vendor so they can keep coming back. When will next year's event be held? Should be the end of January or beginning of February. Thank you so much, and I hope to see uh, you at next year festival. 
Intrigued by what you've heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.